My name is Mark Cox. Uh, I'm Andrew Baxter. How's things good? Good luck that up. <laughs> yeah, it's not oh, going to be this way. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, I was, I'm thinking we can start the show by, because I know we've got some, you know, some unspoken rules, well, the outspoken rules about what we can and can't talk about on the podcast, and we kind of ignored them on episode 50 when uh, we were drunk. I have a feeling that the unspoken rules are about to be spoken. I feel like we could maybe talk about Black Lives Matter, maybe? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I was about to say I'm very happy to talk about them. And I feel like that might not be the right words. I am okay to talk about them and I agree we should talk about them. It's a uh, interesting world out there, isn't it? Like we've said before, when we record any kind of things, we've tried to keep it, sort of keep it a distant from what's going on at the time. So that they're a bit time, the episodes are a bit timeless, but also they do represent uh, what's going on in the world around us. There's some things that we just can't really ignore, such as, there's a pandemic going on, which apparently half the world is ignoring. Currently, there is, uh, or there have, have been some rather large protests around the world about um, Black Lives Matter, which is interesting that this time, Black Lives Matter, this is not the first time it's been like a thing, but this seems to have gone a lot, uh, I would like to say better, but that's as in it's uh, achieved a much larger audience and there's been a bit. Oh, in my opinion, being a bit less backlash against it. Uh, unfortunately, it's to, at the mo- at time of recording, it still doesn't seem to be getting very far. But I guess we're hopeful. How's your feelings on a man? It's it's pretty much all you see. Like it. Sometimes I think I don't know because I, I haven't seen any protests here or anything. But it seems like the online world and the real world can sometimes be very different places. And w- when you're just at home looking at your phone. And looking at the streams, you can very quickly think that this is what everyone is talking about. And it's, and it feels like if there was a Venn diagram, there would just be one circle. And that, that's all that's happening in the world is protests and the pandemic. And it's weird to step outside and see that, uh, I don't know, there's not as much noise. Like it's very much virtual. I don't know. There's things that are having to be organized online, I guess. I, I guess so. Some of it might be that it's being organised online, but I'm wondering if part of it is also that these these movements are tending to happen faster now because they're getting shared a lot quicker. So, uh, for example, when um, universal suffrage, that probably took quite a long time to build up momentum and get going. But in comparison now, we can have something where, uh, well, apart from the fact that this has been a systemic issue for a while now, uh, which has created the uh, environment which causes a lot of anger, we now actually have the uh, means that when these protests happen, they can spark off many more protests, and that actually could be a good thing in that it can create a bit more of a movement and actually get more things done, maybe. But also, it just means that everything seems to well, yeah. You only you don't really hear about the, how things are fine in some places, mainly because it's mm-hmm. not newsworthy. I certainly wonder how many how many things can the media or the collective social media focus on at a time 
like it's uh oh from from an australian perspective like uh it was this year has just been like bushfires non-stop fundraising um pandemic non-stop news about updates and economy and now protesting and non-stop um discussions about it but never two things at the same time there's somehow a a um a an end to the conversation and the start of the next which is a bit weird and so i don't know it, it's it's definitely peaking and i mean obviously i'm i feel like everyone has the same opinion about the protest but it's it's a conversation that's definitely happening and but sooner or later it's like the talking is going to stop and there's going to be another thing that people are talking about. I don't know. There's just so many things that happen in the world and it's hard to know how, how for things to get done in a way with everyone being involved without everyone having it. I don't know. Is it making any sense? It is. I think there's, there's a, a definitely a difficulty about it in that these are very important things that we probably should be concerned about, but it's also quite hard to see a way out of it. And I think there's could be quite an issue. So I, uh, only a couple of days ago, I started to think about, I might have to start getting on another news fast where I just ignore or mm-hmm. just don't listen to any news. The expectation being anything that really is important will get to me. Um, a lot of this stuff that I can, so I, if, if I'm st- finding that, for example, Reddit is just full of um, stuff about protests and I get very concerned about what's happening and if it's going to start something else and all this, uh, it can get very easy to get kind of caught up in it and the idea that there's stuff only going to get worse and nothing's going to get, get better. By the fact that we're now having you know, unprecedented times with a virus that's I mean, it's very dangerous and it's having to affect ever, what we're doing in many ways. We can't go... Uh, it's, it's weird now to try and think of an idea of it was only a couple of months ago when I was quite happy to just go out and just go to a place mm-hmm. where other people were. And now I felt, if I was to do that, I would feel very different. And I don't know... If that's going to stop, is it going to be a matter of you know, six months until I'm happy to just wander out and go out and do things? Or is it going to be, a, is this going to affect my behavior for years where every time I'm going out, I'm making sure I'm not touching things and trying to keep away from people. I mean, I try and avoid people anyway, but who yes. really knows where it's going to end up? And it, it actually, it, it's a point now where these protests, it's no, never going to be a good time for protests to happen. But right now is could definitely be considered one of the worst times for that to happen. Not that I'm saying that they should stop, because what uh, the reason they're protesting is a very valid one, and I think that we should actually be fixing that. But there is definitely a case of maybe a time when you're trying to make sure that people are happy and therefore don't go out in large numbers. Maybe try to not shoot peaceful protesters and correct make the situation worse. Yeah, yeah, it's uh. It's just a perfect storm, really, and everyone everyone's ready for a fight. It almost seems like everyone's got time to have solid opinions and mm. one thing about what to do about it. One thought that did occur to me was that uh, I've had well, obviously everyone has lots of opinions. I've realised that a lot of these opinions I've changed over time, and therefore there's some things that I have been wrong about. And I kind of had a feeling that maybe there's still some things that I am wrong about. Because I can't be right about everything. And also, there must be some things that I'm going, that's obvious, like maybe 
it's, it's really obvious that we shouldn't discriminate on people based on their race or gender. But there's other people who feel very differently to this and then they're just assuming that I'm wrong for feeling that for various reasons. Um, and it does make it very complicated. But uh, Yeah, every, I mean, everyone's got their own opinions and, and no one thinks they're evil. Like it's, no. <laughs> it's everyone's just in a, in a different... And I kind of felt that with how the pandemic has unrolled is that people have kind of like the seven stages of grief. Like everyone goes through the different stages at different times. Mm. And like at, at the moment, you know, pubs have just opened today in Australia and, and people are going and, and drinking. And for some, for some people, this seems like perfectly fine and normal to do. And other people it's like, well, what are we doing? And so it's like, everyone's got their right to their opinion. And it's, it's yeah, you just definitely realize how, different people think for for such a a thing that i thought would be universally agreed upon yeah the amount of things you would just assume that's clearly the solution to this and i well i also mm-hmm. have this uh another feeling about when a government does something that is blatantly the right thing to do maybe they don't deserve that much credit i mean there's a point where you say, yes, you did the right thing. Well done. But also, that's obviously what everyone would have done in this situation. You don't deserve a special cookie just for it. Maybe because you're, you, you've been elected as, uh, you know, with a responsibility to do these kind of things. Um, do, you, do you think how, ever think about how differently your country, because every country, like every company, is doing things differently? Like, do you ever think how, well, to think of the smaller level, how, how differently your company could have handled things and how different your your country does it. like if imagine if the opposition was in power whether you, i don't know you support who's in power or not there's always an opposite um what would happen if the other person was in like it's crazy to think that if every country had a different leader how would it have shaken out yeah it could be really different it's what's also weird is that by comparison some uh, there's some countries who think that they've got a left-wing leader and we think of them as very right-wing. And then also the opposite happens where we all think this person's really conservative and then you compare them to American politicians and they're actually quite liberal. Yeah, with the, some of the things like, so we, at the moment we've got a conservative government in the UK, which means that they were, it's quite surprising that they were so uh, forthcoming by just saying, that's it, we're just going to pay everyone so that they can not, if you can't work from home, if you can't work from home, that's it, you're just going to get furloughed and we're going to pay 80% your salary. It was quite weird for a conservative government to say that, which is also one of the reasons why this feels like it was a big it was a big issue. Like when um a lot of companies on the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When when they suddenly just go, do you know what we're going to be very socialist for a moment and just gonna, just going to do that. Whereas if you were going to be very strict about how they would run things, they wouldn't have done that and they would have just said, "No, oh, you're on your own because that's how we think things should be done." Um I do think it does show a partisanship that is required for a country to work where they should be aware that they only represent a certain amount of the population. There's the opposition whose job it is to oppose them. Uh, they represent a different part of the population and they should actually be meeting things in the middle as opposed to just saying, that's it, we're in power. We only got 30 something percent of the votes, but we're going to say everything goes our way. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just an issue with democracy. And there's loads of things about how we could probably try and improve voting and things like this. And there could be you know, much bigger reform about it. Although. It, I find that in the compared to other places, and this comes back to Black Lives Matter, compared to other countries such as the US, at the moment we have it quite well. Granted, 
I'm white, so therefore I may not be as worried about when I go to some places like that where that I would be at profile for my race. But I would like to think that these kind of things wouldn't happen in the UK anymore because we've had to go through that uh, decades ago, I think it was. So there was massive police reforms about these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And we don't have as many people going, yee-haw, aren't we the greatest country in the world? Which is a very, very blinkered way to look at the view. Because the answer is, you're probably not. And if you think you are, then you're very unaware of the actual situation. There's no country that's going to be the best at everything. Yeah, I mean, and also just like how every every person's different at handling things, like every every country's at a different stage in their history. Like uh, Australia compared to both the US and the UK, we're like babies. Yeah. And so they're just things that have or haven't been handled in different countries just because of, of the timeline. I don't know. Just it's a... It's a very interesting year, this one. That's, that is for sure. It's going to be very different. It certainly feels like things are moving at a very different pace to the, how they have previously. And that probably yeah. is a result of a lot of things happening at once. Uh, which, yeah. which I guess means they are happening at a different pace. But will we look back at this in five years' time and go, that was a defining moment where lots of things happened at once and things changed? Or is it going to be, that's when things started going to hell? Do you think that... Because um, when... I mean, I... And this will either anger or what other people, but I, for a rule, just never watch the news because uh, I think it's a lot of negative stuff. And a lot of people say that, you know, it's, it's, it's your responsibility to keep in touch. I don't know. Everyone's got an opinion. But I did notice that when things um, got pretty, when things were starting off, that I made it a habit, you know, every night to watch the headlines because it. I felt it was my responsibility at that point to this was a thing worth keeping up to date with. But I was surprised that that uh, had I kept my old habit of not watching the news, I would have missed some very important updates, like when when rules change and when phases change of what you can and can't do. I kind of expected not not a, not a letter to everyone, but some kind of universal system of updating the people that live in the country. I'm not sure. Like, even if that's as simple as a text message, like everyone's got a phone, like I kind of expected a, a way for memos to be handed out that wasn't the the channel TV channels news headlines because straight after the the very important announcement is the news's regular broadcasting. There's definitely been a case of uh, here whenever they've changed something, I've actually had to do quite a lot of digging to try and work out what the rules really are because they've been very good at sort of saying, oh, we might release some things soon. And there's been a lot of criticism for the government say, not saying what they're going to do beforehand. But I've, I'd say that's fairly justified now because whenever they've said, okay, on Monday we're going to relax this rule, everyone kind of goes, why can't I do it right now? And they have to say to them, because... We think that at the moment it's still not okay, but we think by Monday it might. Okay, that's why there's a bit things to change. Mm-hmm. Maybe just have to sit there yeah. and wait. And now everyone, there's been a lot of criticism for large amounts of people going to beaches, going to public places. And it seems to be that because there's been COVID fatigue, everyone's just tired of being in quarantine. It's not exciting anymore. Yeah. So they're not actually motivated to stay inside. They're all actually yeah. very selfish. <laughs> and the idea that sort of, we can say to you, you might be allowed to go outside next week. And they say, but why can't I go outside this week? Because we still think too many people are infected. And if you st- all stay inside, by Monday, it might be low enough that you can be, it can be okay for some of you to be outside. And it's going to be a very, it's, 
we probably haven't got to the point which is going to be the most, uh, or, or at least here, we haven't got to the point which I think is going to be the most inflammatory is when they have to start locking down again, which at this rate is, go- is fairly inevitable. But at some point, they're going to have to start uh, adding in more measures to lock things down because we've infections are going up and we've already already have one of the highest death rates in the in the world death rates in the world so there's no way that we can just start saying everyone can go outside and that's going to be fine we're going to have to do things in waves and until we get a vaccine nothing's going to change oh sorry saying obviously lots of things are going to change unfortunately whether or not those are handled well is going to be a different issue you know what i'm outraged the most is is that meat pies are more expensive now <laughs> That's what I'm most outraged because certain our, our shelves at least are getting stocked back now. I'm not sure about about yours. Like you can get toilet paper, you can get get things, but uh, all the specials are surprisingly gone. So there's no there's no discounted uh, food, and some things that that are like because uh, we're heading into winter now, and some things that are, would be comforting in winter <laughs> aren't aren't as cheap as Mark would hope. And so meat pies are a premium at the moment. So we'll see. We'll see how this unfolds. We had uh, McDonald's opened up again only a couple of days ago uh, for drive-through only, Oof. and I had to drive to a shop to buy some food, uh, uh, which was next to McDonald's, and I couldn't get into the car park because the queue for the drive-through, even though they had made it longer what? by looping it through the car park, the drive the, the queue was too long. Doesn't that say something? I'm annoyed that that's what people want to do, but also it's nice to be, it is, I, I, if McDonald's is a place I go to, it's a, you know, something I consume. I can see how some people might, might feel like, yay, something's happening. We can go out now. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a good thing that that is the kind of concern we have. We've got through, we've got this far in the pandemic that people saying you can have a burger again is a big deal. It didn't get to the point where <laughs> we were saying, do you know what would be nice? Food. Yeah, that's it. So we dodged that bullet. There's there's upsides and downsides. Uh, the, I mean, overall, I've been very lucky in that I'm still working. Uh, I, as far as I'm aware, I've not been particularly affected by the pandemic at all, other than I haven't been able to go outside, and that's not really that bad a deal. Mm-hmm. I ha- I'm not like when it's, I I haven't particularly. I had a couple of things planned, but it's not like I have a wedding planned or any other you know, once-in-a-lifetime events that have been affected. So it's, it's, I think in some ways it's been handled quite well in that it didn't all go badly. Mm-hmm. And clearly the system is robust enough to be able to cope with it to a point. Whether it is still robust enough to actually cope until the end of the pandemic, we'll see. I mean, the world has managed to survive pandemics before, but... Mm-hmm. We would hope by now that with modern medicine, we'd actually do a lot better. And I think we, ha- I think we haven't done very well, really. We could have done a lot better. Yeah, and you'd kind of think that, um, I don't know, open communication and the World Wide Web, like, uh, I don't know, like, um, I wonder if they'll look back at it and think, compare this to the Spanish flu or bubonic plague and, or anything that happened. Like, I wonder if... If the aid of like uh, modern medicine, or our modern medicine, not the future's modern medicine, but what we think is modern and the way we could communicate with the entire world, I wonder if uh, how they'll how they'll compare it. Because also, like, 
I, I mean, I, I have no idea of the industry, but I presume the pharmaceutical industry is is not collaborative. Like I would be presuming that every country is hoping that they find a cure so that they can become insanely rich. And I'm not sure if there can be any world global rule to stop a company, uh, a, a country from monetizing it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the, the rules are on that, but I presume that it's not like a massive wiki article where everyone's saying, oh, I tried this today. Oh, I'm good tomorrow. I'm going to try this. Hey, you guys in Germany, can you try, try this? Type? Oh, that's my presumption. It's very Ill and uninformed presumption, but I presume every country is doing their own thing and possibly doing the same thing, but uh, hoping that they find it. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I, I'm not viral. I just, I, or whatever the word is for people who are researching this. Uh, I guess it would be immunologist, maybe. That's it then. Hmm. If you know the answer, please write the answer on the back of a postcard and then keep it so that you can feel good about yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a case of it's quite hard to try and contain yourself when you're looking at lots of, shall we say, right-wing establishments who are saying, we need to get the economy going again because we're losing money. And then you have to look at them and say, the idea of getting the economy moving again is not having people die. So maybe if we can actually mm. encourage you to you know, just shut down the economy for a bit, and then maybe you'll be able to actually get it going quicker later, and then you'll make more money. Mm. But, then, but then they go, oh, but that's not going to be very good for us because an election's coming up. So therefore, we have to actually make sure we get the economy going now so that all our voters vote for us. And I think the very short-sightedness of politics, which is entirely systemic in that we only care about what's happening in the ele next election cycle. We have no real safeguards against um, governments doing things that they're just, they're just doing things and then kind of, if, if people get things wrong, then they can't, we kind of go, oh, we'll just let, just uh, vote them out. And there's a good side and a bad side to that. We shouldn't really punish people just because they were elected, but we also should have some kind of- um, Accountability? That's the one, which there should be some kind of accountability for saying, you managed to do a really bad job here and therefore you should not, I guess the fairest thing would be to say you should not be held in office. The uh, part, of, part of the issue also is that we tend to fall into a couple of different tribes. And in, where you've got a two-party system, that's pretty bad already. Where you've got a one-party system, that's abs an absolute just shit fight because one-party systems are the worst idea in the world. There should be accountability and there should be criticism. The idea being that just because you think you're the best person in the world probably makes you not because you're just not accepting there could be improvement. Um, if there's no alternative, then you can't really say that you're doing a good job. So any of the one-party systems uh, need to change that. And the idea that, they, that you can't criticize someone is not, it's damaging beyond you know, it's, it's damaging to the point where you can't allow change, so therefore things can't be improved. Mm -hmm. And any any country or system that punishes people for for uh, criticizing the government or criticizing their leader, especially when it's a single person, so when you say you can't criticize uh, Xi Jinping from China or you can't criticize Kim Jong Un or the people who are trying to defend Donald Trump and his terrible response to what's going on, at least uh, the Americans overall don't uh, as a rule uh, punish people for speaking out against it it sets a lot of things back 
because you just unless you're going to actually allow people to point out you've done something wrong, then you're not going to be able to improve. And people need to realize that just because you may have once been quite a a big deal doesn't mean that you are now, and also means it doesn't mean you got everything right. Well, it just goes, I guess, goes back to what you were saying before: is that you know we've we can we can look back at ourselves and, and see we were wrong once at certain things, and and things can change. Yeah, that probably could fix a lot of issues if people were just allowed to admit I was wrong and we didn't you know, cost them for it, especially in politics. Mm-hmm. It's interesting though how because this is I mean now I'm now going to talk about talking about politics. It's interesting how we try to avoid talking about politics with people that we like because what we're essentially doing is pointing out different points of view, and that, generally speaking, is confrontational. We used to avoid these kind of things by just being in much smaller groups so that we'd only ever uh, talk about things where we did agree or we sort out by the people those people disagree with us let's hit them with a rock so that they can't disagree with us anymore and you'd like to think that uh, in this day and age we actually are a bit beyond that and we can talk about these things but now we've got the necessary world events out of the right, way we've got that out of the way oh, we should probably point out that, that uh we don't want to stop people using puppies and watermelon as a forum to talk about these things if they want to we might try to say there's a, there's better forums for it in general, but if you feel like you want us to talk about something or you would like to to talk to us about it, then we're always here and it might be uncomfortable to start, but if we don't if people don't start talking about these kind of things, they're not going to get better. Right. They stay silent. That's for sure. Sweet. So I will know I'm interested in I'm intrigued by this because I'm not sure if the this is a case where the UK English and the Australian English mean slightly different things. So is this going to be a case of where I say something like, if I was going to be rooting around in a box, you would find that hilarious. And here it would just be that you're looking inside a box. Well, now rooting, I think that's the Aussie thing as well. Um, but I think it might be the same thing as like a, a fanny pack or something for, for Aussies compared to... But anyway, you're, you're sent a, a box of faff. Yep. Makes sense in makes sense here. Just a box of factory scissors. Uh-huh. Right. Now this this is a complete so you, would you say that when you're opening the a box of faff, it's called faffing or not? Now here you're getting very close to the word fapping, which here would mean what you're thinking you're, you're suggesting. I think if you said I, I've never heard this that Australians would say that, but if you would say here that I don't know, it might be I might be getting my words mixed up as well, but it feels like something If I was to say if here it feels dirty. If here if I was to say that I've been faffing about it would. Oh, I feel it. No, that's legit. Yeah, yeah it's it, true. It, I, I don't know. Maybe that's changed your mind, but I wouldn't think. I think I'm, I think I'm getting faff and faff. Two, it's just a letter. If I said that's, I was faffing about, I would definitely me. feel different. <laughs> I remember this happening once when someone was trying to describe as that, and I, I'm definitely on the side of this was a dirty thing to say when someone said something else. Oh, so and so fingered this person to do it, and um, no, that's a, not on. That's apparently, not on. yeah, I agree. No, that's something that has to be retired. But apparently it used to mean that you were selecting them or you were pointing at them or something. Whereas now it's like, no, 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 you cannot say that. You've got to accept the no, words. You certainly James. can't. Like, <laughs> I'm going to stop myself. Anyway, <laughs> you were sent a box of. I can't wait until we. So. I don't know. What's, what, what's this? You got something in the mail? No, this is not a complaint. Well, I've got a lot of stuff in the mail, but that's not actually what my complaint is about. I've been watching a lot of YouTube recently because I haven't been out much. And I've noticed that there's, or at least YouTube 
is not very good at targeting ads. Maybe it's just because I don't like ads oh. in general. Uh, but I've, uh, maybe uh, maybe you haven't noticed this, but I've found that recently there's been a, a lot of ads on YouTube that are pretending to be reviews. A lot of them start off with, I was just sent this thing by such and such company. I wonder what right. it's going to be no, like. I've seen those on Duolingo, actually. Yep. And I'm starting to find them really annoying and I don't like it. I feel like actually, now, now having said that out loud, I'm pretty sure we've spoken about something similar on the podcast before about ads and I don't like them. Maybe there's a pattern here that I just don't like advertising. I've, there's, a, there's a certain vitriol of like Facebook ads. I'm not sure. It's probably because I got a few pages, but I get a few like business stuff come up and it's usually someone trying to flog something about like, um, there's another word flog. Um, where they like, uh, I saw one today. It's this guy's like got a book about a hundred million followers or, or a million yeah. first million followers. So I don't know. He's trying to teach people how to get followers. And the comments I would say range from obviously his fans, which just praise to high heavens, how this is the best thing ever quickly followed by comments, people saying, this keeps appearing on my feed. God damn it. I hate you. Like some very, very harsh um, sentences to people that you probably wouldn't tell them face to face. But I think they're kind of forgetting that an ad's an ad's an ad. Like it's, it's whether it be from Coca-Cola or whether it be from old mate trying to tell you how to get a million followers. Like it's just an ad, like let it pass. But man, people do not let it pass. It is very, very, um, it, it's, it's like where, We've become, and I'm the same. Like, I, I mean, I hate, I hate seeing these type of ads because you're like, oh, I can't believe this guy got paid to, to <laughs> review this, but it's he's coming across as if it's not. It's an ad. I can't believe it. It's an ad. But some and of these aren't ad. even pretending to not be ads. They're just an ad. It's, it's not like it's uh, so, someone doing an unboxing and then not telling you that it's a paid promotion. It's an actual ad turning up before your video. And it is an blatantly an actor saying nice things about it. You go, uh, uh-huh. like for example, um, there was one about a battery pack, and they were like, "Oh, I can't remember the name," which is probably a helpful thing because I don't want to help promote them. The the, the image was, or the, the shot was, just them holding the box. It's just top down on the table, their hands holding the box, and they say, "Oh, so and so just sent me this battery pack, and I'm really excited to see inside. It has so and so capacity. It has this these nine features. Has this has all these yeah. features that I happen to know all about. I can't wait to see what's inside. Oh, look, it looks like this. And then you're like, I know the reason you do these things is because the people who fall for it are the most susceptible. So you're trying to you just weed yourself out. But oh my lord, can I just? I know there's ways also of um, paying for YouTube, which I I used to pay for YouTube Premium, and I'm getting very close to doing it again because it was just so much nicer about advertising. But also, I'm trying to not Here's spend little- too much money on subscriptions. <laughs> Here's a little trick for YouTube. Feel free to steal this one, but uh, no genuine unboxing video is going to appear before the video that you really want to watch unless it did. So what if before random videos, instead of showing you an ad, some of the time they show you another YouTube video that tricks you. And so you're never quite sure if it's a YouTube video or if it's an ad, and then you might pay more attention to it. How about that? So just have it on like shuffle and you can't tell if you're watching a video or an ad. We'll just have, I guess so, but just before your video, there's another video. It could be an ad or it could be other content. And that way you're not, you're not going to like get the guns out going like, this is an ad I'm ready to shoot. It could be, I wonder if it is a genuine unboxing. I wonder if, I'm, 
I mean, there's definitely an argument for both ways. And the one argument that YouTube would make is that we like money. Every now and then, there might be an advert I actually want to watch. For example, uh-huh. say there's a, ad, a trailer for a film. Some people quite like watching trailers for films. But when mm-hmm. I watch that, can I not get like one credit as like another ad that I've seen and then the person who made the film can actually pay for me to watch that as opposed to me having to watch an ad to watch an ad? And then at the end, you'll put in another ad uh, halfway through. Some of the times that you get ads halfway through, it's just so badly done. Watching like a cricket video and it won't bother putting them in the end of an over. Like halfway through the bowlers run up, it would just start just bursting into an ad that I don't want to watch. Our Channel 9 app here has done something interesting. It's one of the major channels here and they've got an app for streaming the shows so you can stream at any time. We've been like watching Lego Masters. I'm not sure if you guys got a UK version of that, but it's just like a Lego building competition. But they the app is a very interesting thing where they um they they put ads in like normal TV, but because I don't have a huge roster of ads, it's just the same in-house ads. But it's kind of like cool because you can stream instead of having to watch at 7:30 on on a Wednesday and Thursday nights. But uh, the ads make it twice as long as it would be. Like you watch this, what would normally be an hour TV show. It takes like two hours to bloody watch the thing because the ads keep coming up. It's, this is disincentivizing for sure. I also feel that if they were allowing subscriptions, that subscription would not have to be very expensive for it to be worth more than the adverts. These, these ads, I'm pretty sure when you're streaming something or YouTube, the, these adverts are costing the advertiser pennies at a time. So can I just have an option? Well, I mean, maybe because we actually would add up. If I was going to say, I'll pay you 10p per video. I'll, I probably wouldn't do that because that would get expensive quickly. Well, I guess that's how they get the, the YouTube subscription, isn't it? Like maybe it isn't half bad. Yeah. You're paying it up front. Just make, just make your platform so unusable that we have no choice except to actually pay for it. It's also a platform where they let lots of people use it. And there's some people on there I would like to support. But if only there was some kind of other way of supporting them, like, I don't know, a website called Pat- Patreon. There we go. By the way, Puppies and Watermelons on Patreon. <laughs> that's it. That's true. I tell you what, um, Kickstarter and Patreon are going gangbusters during these times. That is for sure. Like I saw one, there's a Kickstarter for a puzzle. Okay. Because puzzles were like prime time for, you're not allowed to look it up, by the way. You have to guess how much it raised. There's an artist and it's, they look cool. You know, they're just, they're art. It's kind of, imagine like a Where's Wally style puzzle, which I think is probably a genius puzzle, but it's it's not Where's Wally. It's their own, like, it's like a suburban one with different houses and it looks all cool. There's an island one with all these different, anyway, there's different different designs. Make It makes sense. But I wouldn't say that the diagrams are any more special than you might see on an Instagram feed because there are a lot of talented artists in the world and it's this person's obviously talented, just like a lot of other people. And the, it's just a it's a puzzle, and so the perks here. One of the perks it's got a list of these. These are the things that this puzzle has that normal jigsaw puzzles don't have. It has enjoy beautiful original art made just for these puzzles. This one has it. Normal ones don't. Of course, Apparently, it's yeah. just for this like great marketing. Search for dozens of hidden Easter eggs. I mean, it's an image. Um, encounter whimsical pieces with unexpected shapes. I mean, it sounds like a puzzle. Yes, those are puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> so things like I don't know, like clever marketing, like well done at a perfect time. It's like the Kickstarter that came for for face shields, like a face mask. Cool idea at a perfect time, but people aren't going to get them for months. Like this isn't coming out till October when things are hopefully back to normal. So anyway, how much do you think these puzzles raised? This this illustrator. Um, and let me guess, oh, their target was $10,000. So 
So the t- if because t- because t- that's that's the normal trick, isn't it? Set your target about you know ten thousand or thousand dollars. Yeah, I can't find size is appropriate. Sure. And then they can go. We were funding half an hour. Yeah, because you're basically. But um, I'm finding it interesting actually. The thinking back, I'm pretty sure a couple of years ago we spoke about Kickstarter and said the exact same things, but as good. We used, we used to love Kickstarter. Anyway, so they they were making. No, I, I, I do love it, but I, I just I don't know how. So like, I reckon they made. Have a guess. Uh, two two million dollars. How can a puzzle made from one guy make three and a half million dollars? Three and a half. What? Sixty-two thousand people decided they needed this puzzle. It's crazy. Like, or congratulations. Completely awesome. Like puzzles exist though. Like, <laughs> like but it's, it's it's not just that it's being offered, it's that tens of thousands of people signed up. Agree to it. When do yeah. you know what? I love it. I'm gonna do it. Kickstarter is definitely very good at advertising, isn't it? Like, and don't get me wrong, there's definitely a part jealousy here. Like that this artist has done beyond like if he's if he's done his maths properly and, and because there is a chance, as with all Kickstarters, that just say this person hasn't accounted for taxes or there's an unexpected hiccup where it costs more than what it means. And then that means that every item he loses a dollar rather than getting a profit. And now with 60,000 people, he's, you know, $70,000 in debt. Like this happens quite often where people do a print run, don't do the cost properly. But if they've done the cost properly and they make a good good margin on this, that's multiple years or decades of salary. Like, Potentially, yeah. Ridiculous. Some of the people who do Kickstarter as well, clearly, well, they do very well out of it. So with the most recent one that you sent me, which I should, I, I will admit that I did back, was Frosthaven, yeah. um, uh-huh. which cost me, it's probably the most expensive Kickstarter I've ever backed, the amount of money I put into it. Isaac Childress, the guy who runs, who, who you know, designs Gloomhaven and ran the Kickstarter, he's clearly done it before because he was, because he originally did Gloomhaven. So he was very upfront by saying, this is how much it costs. This is how much it costs to buy extra things. This does not include postage. This does not include taxes. You will have to pay them later. And all oh, they stung. Oh, is that without postage? Yeah. Oh, you're looking at the price now? Yeah. I spent- yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the, what they raised. Yeah. Yeah. That was without postage and without taxes. Although you wow. could include in your pledge that, price and then uh-huh. use it against um so for example if you're gonna i, I didn't realize this at the time and I, or i would have done it to help them get to that goal but you can uh over pledge and then that money gets used for like your postage postage or your taxing uh, but man it looks like a lot of stuff in this game but i i have stopped uh, with a couple of exceptions i've stopped getting stuff with kickstarter because i've had too many that apart from the fact they took ages to turn up and they were expensive They've just been a bit disappointing. And that's why I've started oh, really? being a bit more selective about what I'm backing. I think it just uh-huh. it just gets a bit too easy to back, you know, back another thing. Go, oh, oh, look, I backed one thing. They went really, really well. Calendars are different. I, I need a calendar each year, so I'm going to keep them backing calendars. But um, only from one trusted supplier. Uh, I was wondering if this was going to be one of those projects that was uh, late and... <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, when I get a calendar in December for the next year, that's still pretty good. Um, by standards of some of the Kickstarters, I would be getting your t- my 2019 calendar now. 
<laughs> right, right. But yeah, uh, it's, it's I, I think there's also a case of with this with this that I've started just being a bit more selective about which games I buy in that I'm now checking that there's good reviews and that there's something I'd want to buy. It's kind of going, oh, that looks pretty and I like it. So maybe it's because I've been more selective, but most well, most things have come on time. There's been a couple that have, have been quite delayed, but um, it just goes to show how everyone will, will handle it differently, either the meteoric rise or the, I don't know, the, the difficulties that come because um, – even like this board, like there are that many parts to this. There could be so like, it's good that he's had experience because at least he know what, what, what will happen because there looks a lot of parts to this. Yeah. It's Kickstarter's great, but there's definitely a case for it. A lot. I guess it's like YouTube in a way, actually. There's some really, really good stuff on there, but there's also some stuff that just isn't and just isn't worth your time. So uh-huh. just be a bit more selective, especially when you put in in some cases be putting in a lot of money that is often the, the fear from create like new creators because it only takes one or two bad eggs to like um hampen a, a reputation of a platform which is unfortunate yeah and that's why with some of these things when um just go back to the, the ads that annoy me is that there's some ads that just scream to me stay away because i'm going this just isn't the, what i would expect from a company that i want to go to <laughs> Have I told you about the Instagram account, Influencers in the Wild? What? No. Do tell. Uh, just just write it down because you'll get sucked into video. Like videos are one thing, but then the comments create a whole new dark world that I'm kind of wanting to unfollow soon because it, um, there, is, there is definitely unfiltered emotions and it's very <laughs> weird. People, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, um, you guys can do your own research on that one. But the videos are very funny because what they do is they, it's when people have seen someone um, doing something, quote unquote, in the wild um, for their either their TikTok channel or their Instagram story or something. And whereas it, once upon a time it used to be just someone with their, their hand out in front and them talking down the street to no one but their phone, which was funny enough to see it itself. Mm. There's all sorts, like people posing in traffic and doing stuff in places where they shouldn't. It's good watching. Just don't read it. It's basically like a YouTube video. Never read the comments. Oh, God, like, YouTube comments are trash, aren't they? No, but that is that is what social media is becoming. Like like back in the day, you thought that, oh, if everyone's got their name attached to their Facebook profile, no one will write like anything mean, like a YouTube channel where they're under a pseudonym. Like no one, when, when people just write absolute, like, People troll all the time. Oh, Whenever I tend to go into the YouTube comments, oh, I'm so disappointed by the quality of them. You go, Humanity. Yeah. yeah, you go to Reddit and suddenly comments, you know, based well, one in three posts, I go to see what the comments are about and see what's going on because that's interesting. But YouTube is just trash. Facebook's not pretty good as well. Reddit's very good at self-policing, that kind of thing. They're, they're, they're pretty like, sometimes it can just be a competition of who writes the best pun in Reddit, which is like <laughs> good fun. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes you look at it and go, "Everyone's just trying too hard." When you see the, there's all actually. I do feel like that sometimes when you see a post and someone will say something along the lines of, "Like, oh, today I found out about," um, I saw oh, today right. I found out about Desmond Doss, yeah. and he wasn't wasn't that interesting. And then I'm just going, I'm not going to bother reading the comments because the top ten are just going to be, be, "Have you seen Hacksaw Ridge?" And there's some things like that you just know. Oh, this is why I don't need to post because if it's really worth posting, someone else will have done it. <laughs> speaking of whether you know if something is real or not 
Welcome to the latest edition of Real or Not is Real or Not Real or Not I love it because we don't sound in sync at all, nope. but it will in the podcast. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll speak to the editor and see if they can sort that out. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> and I like that Rice's theme song is, I'm not sure if he improved it, but in my head, that's the song. And even when I was practicing this game with Nat before, she sang the song, like she knows the song. It's the song. <laughs> All right. So this is a real or not edition. Um, it's the food edition. Ooh. I and like it is 10 items, 10 questions, if they're real or not. If they are things you can buy at a restaurant or are they a Mark Cope's creation? And I feel like this is probably going to be another episode where we uh, end up steering into things where you've accidentally made up but turn out to be real. <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> or I don't know. I'm not giving away anything. You're not going to get no hints from me. All right. And now I'm going to have to keep a score here because even though it's binary, it's real or not, I confuse myself. Okay. Number one, it's got a title and then it's got a description. Ooh. And the description is um, taken from the. Uh, either a review or a website or my brain. It's a good thing this is at the end of the episode because I'm going to get really hungry. (laughs) Or you prefer these are some good foods. Okay, number one, the mac and cheese toasty. It's mac and cheese inside a toasty. It's the Daddy Mac. It comes together with the perfect amount of cheddar and burnt butter, which will seriously knock your socks off. True. Is it real or is it not? It's real. It must be real because if it's not, I'm going to go make one. It's real. Yeah. It's uh, in a, well, I'm sure it's many places, but a place in Perth in Northbridge does it. So mac and cheese in a touch. And this is the sole reason this, uh, this whole competition was created because if you look at the photo that's in the blog post, they've got toasty machines, which I can assure you, you can buy from Kmart for 10 bucks less and bits of bread and mac and cheese and nothing in this equation is expensive. Or fancy. But I can assure you a mac and cheese toasty will cost you more than $2. How, how, I'm, much, I'm, I'm, how I'm, much more than $2 will it cost you? Do you know? I think it's like 15 bucks. What? I'm out. I'm going to look it up now because I definitely made that number up. Hold on a second. Okay. It's it's more than I'd pay, but it's not that extra. It's six bucks. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, All right. no, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have it. I'll allow that. I'll let you have it. Maybe they were self-aware enough to go, it's macaroni, cheese, and bread. We can't really go much. (laughs) All right. I'm letting that one slide. But you got number number one. It's off. So Baxter. That was the warm-up round, right? Yep. He's got number one. Number two, chicken nugget parmigiana. Have you ever longed for the pub classic but want it bite-sized? Look no further. With more crumb for your buck, it's a parmy on a nuggy. It's not again if it's not a thing i really want it it definitely sounds like a thing where i would i would not be surprised if this is a common thing all over the place but also it could just be something that you would never come across and therefore you think you come up with hmm i'm gonna say that's Man, true 
This is yet another game where Mark has to um, look it up. You've, you mean you did make it up? It could, it's made up. I've made this oh, up, God. and I'm very proud. And I tell it to everyone, and uh, everyone thinks it's the dumbest thing. But no, it's, it's genius. You get a you get a pack of chicken nuggets, and you you put them together like a puzzle, like on in a Kickstarter, box, like they and then you anyway. spread sauce. Yeah, put sauce on it, put cheese on it, and then you take it out of the party, and it's a pull-apart chicken parmy. It's like nachos for the chicken nuggets. Exactly. Uh, Everyone makes fun of me. And I don't even think it's that bad. It's just, it's just like, you know, people do chips with toppings on them, don't they? Loaded, loaded fries, loaded, loaded chicken nuggets. Yeah. Yep. 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 This is my point, right? Like, right? It's genius. And t- no, it's it's stupid until it's genius. And many of these things are stupid, but uh, one day they'll become genius. And I get to say, I told the thing you. Thing is, so. people will say that and go, "That's a stupid idea." But I bet if you served it, yeah, this is just me getting back at the system. Like, whenever you, you make one of these things, can you start it off by just pitching it to everyone and saying, "I've got this great idea," and then when they all say it's stupid, go, "Well, I guess I'll have it all to myself then. <laughs> Bring it out <laughs> the oven." It. I guess you don't want chicken. Yeah, no, nah, it's I can't see it at a restaurant. It's. I haven't fact-checked my recipes, but I'm pretty sure they're not done. But, uh, yes, that is a Copes one, and feel free to do that at home and enjoy and send me a photo. It's it's the best thing ever. All right, number three. Pancakes, sunny side up. People like to have their eggs in a variety of ways. Now you get the same variety for your pancakes. Cooked to perfection on one side, battery goodness on the other. Welcome to heaven. So undercooked pancakes. This now this definitely sounds like some kind of hipster spiel where they're trying to say oh, our pancakes are different because we do them badly. I reckon this is real. It's the Cope's invention. Is it? No, Cope's. Nobody wants to eat an undercooked pancake. <laughs> yes, they do. No, they don't. Batter is no. And I've thought about this tonight, and I'm gonna like clear like gonna write all the wrongs right if you have a sunny side egg you're having a raw egg if you try and come at me and say that pancake batter can't be eaten because it has a raw egg i call bullshit it's not, because it's just the same as fucking raw egg it's not the raw egg <laughs> or blue with. meat it's stupid uncooked no nah, not on but uh it is not the raw egg i have an issue with <laughs> It is the un- it's the uncooked pancake I have an issue with. No, this is like sunny side up. What's it? So, so when you say sunny side up, you literally just pour it into the pan, wait for that side to be done, and yep. then just serve. Just eat you it. Don't flip like, it at fold all. it in half like a sanger. Yep. <sighs> right. Even better. Like if you've got a thick mixture, you pour it on thick because the the bottom cooks real quickly. Flip it over, just cook it really quickly on both sides so it looks like a pancake. And then when you bite it, it oozes out in the middle like a cream egg, but a cream pancake. <laughs> it's, it's delicious. <laughs> You're about to spew. I don't um, feel good about um, this, guys. <laughs> Someone's going to try this and we're going to get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> no, I've tried it for you. It's the best. You tried it. Or eat a pancake. Oh, for sure, all the time. Un- undercooked pancakes is where it's – you get a pancake – Dip the pancake back in the mixture like it's crackers and dip, and eat. it's fucking great. <laughs> That's what everyone's going to take away from this episode: is that Cope's likes uncooked pancakes. Oh man, I'm, I'll take it. I, I get the- that people like eating cake batter because it's there, it's sweet, but nobody cooks a cake exact same and then thing. just goes, Do you know what it's this needs? And needs some raw cake mix on top of it. <laughs> They should. Oh they should. It's uh well I think you gotta know which which future one is mine because that's the thing we <laughs> All right. Two for me, one for you. Um number four. 
The century egg. It's a, it's not a hundred year old egg. This egg has been preserved in a mixture of clay, ash, and quicklime for a few months. The yolk turns a slimy dark green and the white turns into a dark brown translucent jelly. It tastes just like a hard boiled egg until you breathe out. I know these are real. That, that, that's the thing. Yeah, but, oh my God, they sound disgusting. Does nothing about that sounds nice, and yet people eat it's that. It's like rotten so, fish or pickled fish. Have you ever seen rotten uh, pickled fish? I don't want to. No, it doesn't sound good at all. And it's a lot of like a few lists I looked at. It's a lot of Chinese food. Like they just yeah, have a weird appetite for food. I wonder mm. if they look at our diet and think the same thing. Does it? Does it? Yeah. Does a Chinese family look at Mark eating pancakes and dipping it in pancake dough? Do they think that's disgusting? Probably. I mean, I think it's Who's disgusting. More disgusting? So. <laughs> All right, number five. The sausage roll roll. The sausage roll has rocked the world for generations. Mix up the classic with the new and updated sausage roll roll. It's a piping hot sausage roll wrapped in an extra layer of doughy uncooked mushroom. <laughs> 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 Mix hot and cold. Mm, Flaky and soft. It's an experience for every taste bud. I wonder who came up with this idea. <laughs> I'm just going to give you the point. But um, I'm telling you, if you haven't had this before, it's fucking awesome. I'm not going to make a sausage roll and then cover it in raw batter and eat it. You should. It's it's soft. Oh. And, like It's exactly what the description says. I can't soft wait until cool. we make the how-to and video. I just thought the name was good too. The sausage roll roll. Oh. Couldn't even bloody say it. <laughs> you did somewhat right, give it number away. six. <laughs> so I gave it out as a gimme after I didn't I didn't realise you'd be so so um felt so betrayed about pancakes on his side up. So so judgmental about eating uncooked food. All right. Um <laughs> deep fried pizza. It's a pizza base slathered in pizza sauce, covered in shredded mozzarella, topped off with peronis and baked to perfection. Then it's brought to the next level by battering it and deep frying it again. If you're having a party and everyone's on their cheat day, this pizza is for you. Would real or not? Would this be like the deep fried pizzas that you ate in Scotland? This would be exactly <laughs> like that. I have still yet to have one. Not only that, it's from it was from a Chinese fish and chip shop in Scotland that did deep fried pizza. So many cultures there. Not sure what's going on. They're confused. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> it's a concern, isn't it? When you go to a Chinese shop, it's Chinese food, and you're going, "Why is there so much Thai on the menu?" Um, <laughs> I've been to multiple places that serve deep fried pizza, and yet I still have not had one because every single time I've had haggis instead, and now I'm starting to regret it. Maybe I just need to be in Scotland yeah. more often. I don't know what's more disgusting. I definitely think haggis is more disgusting. Deep fried pizza, at least it's yeah, cooked. It's, but you don't deep fry a pizza and then go, do you know what this needs? I'm just going to double dip it. And instead of frying it again, like which would be normal, double fried things is, is a thing. Basically, go, that's it. I've now made it, taken it from a cooked state, a finished state. I've now made it unfinished, and now I'm going to serve it. It's, uh, just saying. it's peculiar food, and I've regretted it every time I ate it. Really? It's, it's Sounds amazing. Yeah, I had it twice, and both times I had more than I felt I should have. All right. And... um. It's a bit like the way fish and chips makes you feel, but like if you had three three servings worth of it, it, it's a, it was very um very tough. 
But it's so tasty. There's definitely a thing about fish and chips, isn't there, that before you have it, you want to have so much more than you're going to have. And then by the time yep. you finish, you've had too much. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> there is there's no balance in the force with that one. All right, uh, you're going good. Four and two turns out um, quite predictable, but uh, well, if, if all the ones you made up are uncooked, it's gonna be pretty obvious. Unless you manage to sneak <laughs> in one it. that is uncooked from, but isn't. <laughs> all right, uh, number seven, Migarash. Do you like noodles? What about mashed potato? Asia and Great Britain collide in this collaborative dish where the two unique foods can finally exist in harmony. It's noodles without the water. It's mashed potato with noodles. Carbs and carbs, double carbs. Those things are not popular. I think they're great. Like, you know, chips and mash. Ooh, wonderful. Um, Mm. I want to have, like, noodles on toast. Uh, Look, everything you say sounds amazing. Put a little bit of cheese on top of it as well. Now, you see, the thing is, this definitely sounds like a thing you would make up. But it also definitely sounds like an actual thing. I'm going to say it's real. My poker face is I just smile the whole time. Yeah, That's just, how I get through these things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, without being fact-checked, this is a Cope's invention. It's <sighs> a good one. And it's not actually, actually, I can't take all the credit. This is a Cope's rice invention. This is the perfect camping food. Because is you it? make two-minute noodles, you make two-minute noodles in a pot of water, leftover water, you put instant mash in it, mm-hmm. and it makes up into a mixture, and then you add cheese as well, just like you said. I've got a, I've got a different idea. Just bear with me, but the bit where you put the instant mash in the water, just don't do that bit. And have noodles and cheese. <laughs> have it on bread. Noodles and noodles and cheese. Cheesy noodles. Have your cheese. Oh, what? Do you- sprinkle some, some. No, sorry. Have some noodles. Sprinkle some cheese on top of it. Gets messy. What do you do with the water? Mm. It depends. But I, I, I have slightly watery noodles anyway, which does create a problem because what happens is that the cheese goes into the water and then it cooks onto the bowl and it's messy. Mm. Uh, I would not recommend it on that. Uh. But what you can do instead, so instead of doing that, you have noodles on toast and that, that, that way, when the cheese goes on top of that, it doesn't touch the plate or the bowl that you're eating it on. So therefore it doesn't cook on there. So that's how you want to do it. Put it on toast first. You know... This should be real or not with Baxter edition, like <laughs> toast and noodles and cheese. Even I haven't done that before. That's there are three different food groups there. If you want to make it that, even worse, butter the toast first. Ooh, I could see that. That's that's from UK, like chip buddy sandwiches. That's, oh yeah, chip butter. That's where you. If you can have chip butter, it has to with butter. noodles. It has to have loads of butter for chip butter. Oh, I've not had chip butter in ages. Mm, four to three. Bad luck. Ooh. Okay, uh, we're up to number eight. Crumpet toast. It's crumpets like you've never seen them before in a loaf. Each slice is crunchy on the outside, soft and spongy in the middle. It is scrumptious with butter and honey or your choice of tasty stoppings. Never a boring bite. I'm trying to work out what the difference between that and crumpets is, which makes me think this just sounds like dodgy marketing. Imagine uh, like it's like like the loaf, I guess it's uh, like a loaf of bread. But it's crumpets. So it's, instead of slices of bread, it's slices of crumpets. I, I'm gonna. I, I'm my rationale here is that I don't think that you sufficiently know enough about crumpets by not being English. But I'm also worried that I've just deeply offended you by saying that. So I'm going to say that this is true, and you did not make this up. Point for Baxter. This is an actual product and made by Tip Top. And when I saw it in the shops. I lost my mind. It was, it completely went under the radar and they stopped selling it because no one knew about it. 
It was literally like a loaf of bread, but every piece of bread was a crumpet that you put in a toaster. So it fit in all toasters. It toasted really well. And there's an article just in May 2020, so just, just recently, in the headlines, shoppers go wild over the return of crumpet toast after the beloved breakfast treat disappeared from the shelves 10 years ago. I'm confused. I, I didn't know crumpets were a thing in Australia. How did I yeah, big. Oh. Well, it's big for my life. I oh, love right. them. Okay. I, um, I, I'm going to stand corrected. I'm sorry. But I'm still. <laughs> it's definitely in English. It's, it's, a, it's a from the English heritage for sure. I'm also trying to work out how that's just different to a packet of crumpets. Like when they say you've got loads of crumpets, like is that not just crumpets arranged in a slightly different way? <laughs> in a square? Yeah, maybe, that, I guess. Yeah. But amazing. Um, you, you have to Google that one. Um, all right, number, you hit the lead, five, three. Number nine, shepherd's pie grilled cheese. Ooh. It's a sandwich from Destiny. The grilled cheese sandwiches, plural, are the bookends with shepherd's pie mix in the middle. It's everything a good sandwich should be, hearty, filling, and a mix of textures and flavors. This is an extreme sandwich, my friends. Please ex- exercise caution. Oh, I want it, but it does that mean it's real? Like not not a loaf of bread, sorry, not a not a piece of bread on either side, but a whole grilled sandwich grilled on sandwich. top and a grilled sandwich on the bottom. This takes it back to my idea of making a las- a curry lasagna where the sheets are gnarled. Um <gasps> Yes, that'd be super thick. But would someone make like grilled toasted sandwiches and shepherd's pie? Have you ever had a Mexican lasagna? Mum made this. I'm not sure if she made this up or not, but it's like. Like a, to- a br- yeah, sorry, no, I have. Yeah, you should do it with tortillas instead. Yeah. With ta- yeah, with taco seasoning mix in the middle. Mm. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I don't know. That's anyway, I get distracted. I told you this would happen. We start talking about food. Um, I think. So, would you get this at a restaurant? Would I order it? if it was on the menu? I would order it. Yeah, oh, I've ordered many things I, I shouldn't have. Uh, I think this is real because it's just too elaborate, like too specific to say grilled sandwiches and shepherd's pie. It is not real. It's a, You've got to make this. And I didn't invent it though. It was a, it was, I saw it on a blog and I like, was like, oh, I need this <laughs> and uh, tried Googling where I could find it and it's not in any restaurant, but this guy's a genius. But doesn't that sound like a good time? Oh, yeah. I love the idea. I want more shepherd's pie. It's, it's like it's a competition of carbs, really. That's how you know that something's really good is how many carbs, isn't it? Shepherd's pie is one of those dishes like lasagna, which I love eating and I can eat so much of it, but usually I find it's too much effort to bog off with. I'm like, uh-huh. do you know what I could also do? I could just cook the different bits and then just put them on a plate. Instead of cooking it and then arranging it into a square dish and then putting that into the oven for 40 minutes, I could just... Lasagna unassembled. Yeah, yeah. I could just have pasta and that's lasagna. Lasagna is just pasta in a different... Layer. It's not cut up. We had that exact epiphany the other night. We were like, got out the pasta machine. We we're like rolling dough through it, and you, you roll it flat first, and then you roll it through to cut it. And we got halfway through, and I was like, why don't we stop here? It's lasagna. <laughs> stop. <laughs> why do we need to add steps? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's be lazy. All right, so it's five four. You're in the lead. This one will either make you win, or you'll draw, which I count as a loss. So this is this is do or die for you. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's going to do the head head games here. What I was doing? Pass number ten. Pie sandwich. <laughs> they say when God created Earth, He made man. 
Man evolved to make sandwiches. God was unsatisfied with this, so he created pie sandwiches. It's like a hamburger, but instead of a meat patty, it has a meat pie. Is this going to be some elaborate bluff? Because I've been at your house and we've made pie sandwiches. And now I'm really it's worried. Been the whole episode. Now I'm really worried that someone has made this an actual thing. And if I say that it's this- not real, I'm going to look really stupid. But also... If I say that, yes, someone has taken that idea and gone, sold, we're going to sell that, I'm going to look so stupid when you turn around and just go, of course not. <sighs> <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no winning. Oh, I'm glad I left this alone because I know you know what a pie sandwich is. <laughs> yeah. the, po- the point is like- Does anyone else? Is Mark a genius or is he a genius poker player? It's a mystery. Does he have a straight flush or does he even know what a straight flush is? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and not make as stupid a, uh, a guess. I'm going to say this is not a thing. I'm saying you made this up. You're doing a lot. Are you about to send me a link to a menu which has pie sandwich on it? <laughs> the I Love Pies Burger is a fish for the eyes and an anchor for the stomach. The pie element isn't your run-of-the-meal mince and cheese. I Love Food Company uh, prides itself on using quality preservative-free ingredients here. Like, they even make it sound good. Here, an Angus beef mince and mozzarella pie serves as the base, while the upper half is everything you expect from a burger burger. It comes. Ooh, we've, we've run into a technicality. I should have known. This is a fucking but the thing is, Frankenberg. You type in pie. This is worse than mine. You type in pie sandwich to Google. It definitely comes up. Why did I go? Of course, it's going to. He's made it up. I've been to his house, and it was a stupid thing. No one else is going to have done. Oh. I like. I'm. These guys put the pie as one of the buns, and then put a meat patty on top of oh, it. Oh yes. That's neck level pie sandwich. I didn't even do my research properly. Pork pie sandwich. I've done that. But it just goes to show you. You literally. I'm gonna put that one. I can't. As, no, I got that wrong because I'm so stupid enough to go. Nah, Coach, I, I, I've seen Coach make a pie sandwich. He's made it up. He's just trying to make me look like an idiot. No, of course, someone else is going to have gone pies in the sandwich. Yes. And, and this is the thing, right? Like marketing is just a play on words, right? The fact that foods that I have created that are clearly not foods that should be consumed are being sold at restaurants for a market for good yeah. money and people are flog- flogging to it, flocking to them and uh, and doing the old Instagram um, photo. So you just can't tell. Like sometimes I don't even know if I'm a genius myself or not, but it's a crazy place. So we're going to chalk that up as a uh, yep, right, a draw, it. which is a loss. I'm afraid. I thought I was Mark Cope starting off. I was like, wins at his own game. There's no way I can lose this. I just couldn't picture a way that it would go wrong, and yet here we are. Here you are, ready to eat. Oh, I'm going to eat noodles and cheese. On yeah, toast. I'm, I'm That's going as well. Actually. <laughs> which of them excites you the most? The shepherd's pie is quite exciting. Grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah I think I'd go for that. If, I, if you gave me that as a menu, I'd probably be like, I'm going to have to have that. Because grilled cheese by itself is amazing, and that's just one of the elements. Yeah. Like, you would never just get a bit of bread and go, mmm, yum, bread. You'd have to have it with something. Have you know, I've been making homemade bread recently. I've definitely been going, mmm, well, yum, we bread. Have, we have too. Oh, <laughs> look at us. We're all middle-aged. Bread. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh... 
It's a new world, all right. <laughs> oh, it's so exciting. That's the yeah, best bit of my day. Oh, the French ready to go. Oh, my God. Oh, it smells like a bakery. It's the best. I guess on that note, we should probably start to wrap things up. Uh-huh. Yep. What should they do, Baxter? Uh, after listening, everyone should go to the Woof Woof Yum Yum Club and they should join. Uh, once you've joined, you should post your your favourite made up or you know, it doesn't have to be made up but your favourite out there food idea and mm. if it's uh, I mean, it probably, it'd probably make up the show anyway because I imagine know I love food so the bar's pretty low uh, but yeah share something there and uh, you don't even have to tell if it's real or not no like, just, I'm just willing put it on to, there yep I'm willing to entertain all palates except for the 10th century egg oh have we got a quote oh we do yeah, the quote, which is um, unfortunately we don't know who it's from because the internet's mysterious like that. But uh, it is: imagine if trees gave off Wi-Fi signals. We would be planting so many trees, we'd probably save the planet too. Too bad they only produce the oxygen we breathe. It's, it's quite true. It's pretty hard to monetize oxygen. Um, which I the shame. Yeah, it kind of shows what the problem is with capitalism, but. Uh, you know, I, I made a comic back in early context of one of the original websites, and it was like a, um, I don't know, uh, human rights. It might have even been 2020. I don't know. It was that far away. And it was like uh, every person deserves like the latest One Direction CD, um, I don't know, like oxygen, shelter, and Wi-Fi. And the Wi-Fi was a complete joke, except now there are, there are charities and foundations where they get donations to um, uh, give to children and other countries to have internet access. It's crazy that data and internet access is basically a human right. Well, it's definitely being seen as a civil right. It should be because in some some societies, it's, that's how it functions. It, it, should, mm-hmm. it should be along the lines of this is a service that you should have. And... But not too long ago, that wasn't the case. Not too long ago, everyone would have thought you were silly and thought it was a luxury. But now it's starting to look very much more like a service that's just essential. Mm-hmm. What a world we live in. Crazy. What a world. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't <just> stop that. <laughs> I didn't know how to segue. <laughs> You see, what we did there was came to a natural conclusion.